Hey everyone, welcome to the Product Startup Podcast, a podcast that helps bring your product idea to life by chatting with successful inventors, product designers, and other industry professionals. This podcast is run by Macro Design and Invent and hosted by Philip Belecha. Our goal here is to get to the bottom of what makes a product successful, from initial idea to putting your product on the shelf. We're taking you step-by-step step to build a functional product and scale your product business. Now onto the show. The Product Startup, Episode 55. Training creativity and getting more ideas in less time. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Product Startup Podcast, where we talk about turning ideas into successful products step by step. I'm Philip Belitza, and thanks for listening to me today. In the last episode, we talked to Dan and Justin with Milton, the Mealtime Companion. So make sure to check out episode 54 if you want to hear more about industrial design engineering, and prototyping a food-safe children's product. In today's episode, I wanted to talk about a skill that is pervasive in the entire product development process, and that's coming up with interesting ideas, whether it is ways of prototyping your product or manufacturing it differently or testing it differently with your audience or even marketing it. Creativity plays a huge role in using your budget and time really efficiently. Many people that I talk to assume that they're not good at coming up with new or creative ideas. They say, hey, I'm not a creative person, or I wish I'd thought of that. And I think that with the right focus, method, and tools, you can train yourself to think creatively. I use these step-by-step techniques myself to brainstorm new product ideas. And if you have a product idea, I would put these methods to work in other stages of the process. So, for example, thinking of new markets and applications packaging details, or ways of advertising your product. So first of all, I think that creativity is just like a muscle. Coming up with good ideas is a process. It's not something that happens by magic. And I found that the journey to the best ideas isn't really a straight line. It's kind of this blend of accident, inspiration, and investigation. A lot of this is within our control. So bottom line, with practice, anyone can think of great ideas. When I first started out in my career, after my first few jobs, I felt a lot less creative. This was clearest to me after I took on a role managing other designers and engineers. At large companies, engineers and designers turned ideas into products using proven methods that worked. We followed processes that simplified variables, helped build quality products, and in short, creativity took a backseat towards consistency. So like any skill, creativity grows and becomes easier to turn on and off as we use it. So if we think back to when we were young, it was really easy to draw pictures or create Lego models or you know clay animation or whatever that we were doing in the past of imaginary things that didn't really exist. We were blind to why things didn't work. As kids, our creativity was unchecked. And I think it's possible to get our brain to think this way again. With practice, everything around us can inspire us. Trips to this grocery store, magazine articles, Conversations with friends will take on new meanings. And some days my head turns into this like popcorn maker of ideas just bouncing off the wall. The internal chatter is just deafening. I have to write ideas on sticky notes in my phone or in a notebook just to clear my head and hash them out. So when you're brainstorming ideas, quantity is better than quality. It takes many ideas to come up with a few that may be successful, the ones that stick. And ideas build on each other, so our brains combine these mundane thoughts in new ways to come up with something unique. 
And sometimes this happens while sleeping or when doing something monotonous like raking leaves or washing the car. And so when I need to be creative, I isolate myself and listen to music on repeat. How you disconnect is specific to you. Learn what works for you. So go to a noisy coffee shop, a quiet library, or maybe out in nature where you can disconnect completely from technology. Just remember, the quickest way of killing creativity is to think practically. So don't think of ways that your ideas won't work right now. If you let those thoughts in, your right brain, the creative side, will switch off and your left brain, the analytical side, will take over. So keep those ideas flowing. There'll be time to analyze them later. And for now, focus on creating new concepts and letting them feed off each other. Listen to your body and recognize when you need to take a break. Much like a muscle, once exhausted, your creativity needs to recharge. Do something with the other half of your brain. For example, in the morning, I will work on creative tasks, and then in the afternoons, I'll work to return emails and phone calls when I don't need to be as creative. So on this episode, I'm going to talk about six ways that we can all come up with much better ideas in a tactical way, steps that we can take that will generate new ideas automatically just by following a process. And those techniques are looking inward, getting out of our head, a technique that is called 635 brainstorming, a technique called scamper, then doing substitution, or what I call this for that, and then lastly, looking at trends. So number one, looking inward. Harvey McKay said, find something you love to do and you'll never have to work a day in your life. Passion pushes us forward when we hit a challenge. It's the reason that we jump out of bed in the morning and it helps us deal with the tedious, difficult parts of our work. But unless you can make money with it, our passions are just hobbies. I really enjoy working with my hands and feel energized after a day of building things. Before today, that cabinet was a pile of wood. Working with creative freedom on repetitive tasks in solitude is much like meditation for me. People make a living building custom furniture and I've definitely daydreamed about following that path. But deep down, I know that I couldn't pay our bills through my woodworking. I'm certainly not efficient and I spend way too much time setting up each step. And absolutely, I can fix those things. But the truth is, working to other people's designs and building to their deadlines would take away the creativity that I enjoy now. So since I understand that market, I think I'm better off using my hobby as inspiration to help me think of products that woodworkers might need. A great example of this is the saw stop, which is a table saw that stops the blade within five milliseconds of contact with any body part. Someone took their perspective, their hobby, and created a solution for it. So take action now. Brainstorm. List your passions, your hobbies, your dreams, your fears, your frustrations. What did you enjoy as a child that you didn't do as an adult? What keeps you from doing those things? Mentally walk through your day and list out your tasks, including getting ready for the day, chores around the house, working. Include things that you hate or you put off intentionally or maybe even subconsciously. Using the above lists, think of the products that would solve those problems. Imagine a trip to the future. How have products made any of those above tasks more enjoyable or efficient or easier for you. Number two, get out of your head. At work, my best resources for new ideas are our customers, employees, and suppliers. Great suppliers specialize in materials or manufacturing processes and spot potential issues before we do. Employees in our quality control, assembly, and testing departments know our products inside out. They have great ideas for improvements to our product line. 
Every day, our customers rely on what we make to get their own work done, and they expect results. And they do that without wearing any rose-tinted glasses. So if we're lucky, our customers tell product support their issues, and engineering gets a chance to fix the design. We can all be blind to faults in our own creations. So our team and our customers let us know what works and what to fix, but only if we listen. So some great examples of products that have done this, and these are just random examples that I found online, is ProTeethGuard.com. They ship custom-made teeth guards direct to the consumer, cutting out the cost of healthcare by removing the middleman, which is typically the dentist that takes impression of your teeth. Black Milk Clothing creates unique tights with these niche patterns for people bored by the standard colors of tights. Beard Brand, that you might be familiar with, developed men's grooming products to keep up with the increasing popularity of beards. And by the way, I'm not endorsing in any of these products, and I don't have any experience with them personally. I'm just bringing them up because they're great examples of companies using customer feedback to drive that design process. Some even set up spaces for visitors to give feedback and ideas. So sometimes this can generate a lot of noise because you've got a lot of people giving you advice that maybe doesn't have a whole lot of value. So companies might ask visitors to vote on ideas or rank submissions somehow. At one point, Dell Computer had a site called IdeaStorm that had over 23,000 ideas submitted, 740,000 votes, over 100,000 comments, and only 540 ideas implemented. And that last figure really jumped out at me. Dell basically implemented a little bit over 2% of the ideas that were submitted. So clearly it takes a lot of effort to find usable ideas. But it's also a smart strategy for the company. They get lots of ideas and interact with customers to strengthen their brand for relatively little effort. Other companies have kind of followed suit. My Starbucks idea has a site. There's a BMW co-creation lab that also does crowdsourcing. And howcouldItBeDifferent.org is an independent site where anyone can submit and vote on ideas in almost any topic. So take action now. Of course, if you had customers or a focus group to interview, maybe you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. But until you do, use your competitors' customers and create your own focus group. Ask people about their urgent pain. How are they coping with the problem? Really dig deep with them. Get to the root of the issue. Make sure to discuss the core problem and not just the symptoms. So keep asking the whys. Look at the online reviews. What are the must-have features mentioned by commenters? What are their biggest frustrations? List out the measurable ways products in your market meet people's needs. Interview early adopters in your niche. Speak with people who use cutting-edge products paired with new technology. Early adopters are more forgiving of product shortcomings, and they crave products with features unseen before. Many will even pay a premium for a product that no one else has, even if it's a beta release. So, interview people around you. Is the product specific to a place or time? Listen for trigger words like, I hate when blank happens and I'm not ready or informed, or prepared. I don't have time or energy to blank. I wish I was more efficient at blank. Or I get bored when I blank. I wish that blank had the blank feature. I would buy blank, but it's so ugly, expensive, fragile, heavy, difficult to use, tough to assemble, 
I could be better at blank if I only had blank. So I could be better at a hobby or chore or a task if I only had this tool service. If you think this doesn't work, Google Chime Pikarski, and I know I definitely butchered that. It's spelled C-H-A-I-M-P-I-K-A-R-S-K-I. Him and his companies have done the above every year to bring in annual sales of over $100 million. So I'd like to take a quick break to talk about the one-on-one coaching that I offer entrepreneurs and other small business owners who are launching their physical products. If you're just getting started, I can work with you to create a game plan based on your skill set and budget. We'll go through the product development process together and outline your steps specific to your industry or product. Based on your capabilities, I can suggest ways that you can create or outsource workable prototypes, do feasibility testing, or even just make sure that you're working on an idea that has legs. Most sessions are usually an hour long and we talk on Skype or through the phone. You set the pace and we come up with tasks that you can knock out before we meet again, moving at the speed that you're most comfortable with. I'll help to hold you accountable and make sure that you're biting off a right-sized chunk that works for you. Go to theproductstartup.com and click on the consulting tab to sign up for a call. 635 Brainstorming This method was designed for six people to brainstorm three ideas each in five minutes. I first learned about this technique in college and used it to generate creative ideas within my engineering teams. This method works really great for introverts. When brainstorming as a group, some people aren't comfortable to speak their mind. They think they need to agree with a boss or maybe not ruffle any feathers. So using this method really gives everyone equal say and works for people who prefer to write or sketch. So And it creates a lot of ideas in less than 30 minutes. So here's an example of how to take action with this method. The method below works with a group of four people, though you can really scale it up or down. You'll need a sheet of paper, pens and pencils for each person, and one timer. Give each person a sheet of paper. Divide that sheet into equal sections by the number of people. The drawing space will feel cramped after about four sections, so try to split large groups into smaller teams. Give a prompt to the group, such as, Ideas for a better mousetrap. Set a timer for three minutes. I found that giving people more time just slows down the momentum. Start the timer. Round one. Without talking, each person sketches or writes out ideas in the first space of their sheet. When the timer goes off, Pencils go down, and each seat of paper moves clockwise to the next person. Next step, reset the timer to three minutes and start again. The second round then begins, and without talking, each person sketches or writes out a new idea in the second space of their sheet. They can also add to an idea previously written on this sheet. Repeat the steps above until you've gone as many rounds as you have sections of the paper. At the end of the exercise, And definitely within 30 minutes, you'll have several pages full of ideas that you didn't think about before. I've used this many times, both in small business and entrepreneur settings, as well as in a corporate setting, and it never fails to work. Scamper. Take an existing product or feature and turn it into something completely different. This method helps you generate ideas that customers may not even know to ask for. They may not know what they need or if it's even possible to make a product like that. So SCAMPER stands for S, Substitute Materials, Processes, or Users. C, Combine Products or Features. A, Adapt It to do something different. M, Modify, or M for Minify, or M for Magnify, a feature, shape, or meaning. 
P for put it to another use. E for eliminate waste, effort, time, parts. And R for rearrange or reverse the layout of components. So for example, using the E eliminate prompt makes me think of reducing waste in a manufacturing process or reducing the time it takes to manufacture a product or the number of parts or the cost. And some examples of companies that took this prompt to the extreme level by focusing on, let's say, eliminating costs and parts in their products, you can look to Tata Nano, the company that makes an ultra-low-cost car for a cost of $2,200. Or you can look to Exo Computer, a $100 netbook from the One Laptop Per Child Foundation. Or you can look to Siemens Essenza, which is a low-cost MRI unit for use in small clinics in rural areas. So take action now. Choose one prompt from Scamper and apply it to your idea. Spend five or ten minutes to come up with an exhaustive list. And if you need something that helps you with this, I bought this deck of cards a while back. It's called Thinker Toys by Michael Mikalko. It's like the Scamper method but has more guided prompts. Just shuffle the deck, pull a card, and give your creativity a kick. It also works well in groups. So, for example, you can pass out cards to everybody on the team, assign each person or small group to brainstorm new ideas based on that card. So, using substitution or this for that. I'm sure that there's a proper term for this method, but for now, I've named it this for that. Take the benefits of a product in one industry and apply them to a new product in a different field. This encourages me to think of new applications and helps me shift my perspective. For example, in one list, name industries, fields, or passions and interests. This will be like a list of markets for your product. Don't pick similar industries. They should have little or no connection. An example of this would be listing out industries and interests. So list one would have healthcare for the elderly, tools for woodworkers, food, uh, specifically barbecue. Then in the second list, write out products that have changed how people do things along with their benefits. If you starve for ideas, see eBay or Amazon bestseller lists. And these products really shouldn't have anything in common with the industries that you picked in list one. So in our list two example here, we would choose number one, a tablet. The benefits are portable entertainment, a replacement for your laptop or PC. The second item on the list might be a segue. The benefits are moving people on tours or for security patrol, and it's easy to use and takes you to places without effort or thinking. And third item on the list might be Sugru Putty. And if you haven't heard of this product, it's actually really cool. It's a cross between clay and glue that helps anyone make quick DIY repairs. So now let's combine the items from the first list with parts of the or features of the second list and see if something sticks. So the final list is a tablet designed for the elderly that's easy to use and comfortable to hold. Again, we combine just the first items on the list. Maybe a tablet app with a virtual tour of the top 30 barbecue smokehouses in the country with interviews and recipes from owners. Or maybe you could create a set of wooden plugs to fill holes left by old hardware like hinges and drawer handles on wooden drawers and cabinets. Again, all we're doing is combining the industry, like food, with the benefit of other revolutionary products, like, for example, the Segway that moves people on tours. 
And you can do this with any market, any type of product, just to get the juices flowing. Another way to get really great ideas and to watch trends. Now, before you turn off the podcast and completely dismiss this idea, I absolutely agree that the probably the worst product ideas are the Me Too products that capitalize on the success of a competitor or fad without really adding value. So many times the Me Too products compete only on price at the cost of features or quality. A good example of this was the pen that doodled in 3D. It was on sale for maybe a few months before I saw it at our local craft store here in Houston on clearance because it didn't really solve a need. It just seemed that someone took the technology and headline of the day and paired it with an existing product. 3D printing plus hot glue gun equals new product. The goal of these Me Too products seems to sell enough units at inflated prices until people get over the fad. The Apple Newton failed while the Apple iPad created an entire industry. And while these technologies are different, the timing and market conditions determine success and failure for sure. And there wasn't a need for people to have tablets until developers created the apps to show the need for a tablet. So of course, without paying users carried over from the iPhone, developers would have needed more convincing. Tablets existed between the Apple Newton and the iPad, but none with the same level of success as the latter. Looking back to some data, consumers are becoming increasingly more health-conscious, more tech-savvy, and more interested in self-care. So looking at the tech industry specifically, we can see the rise of the co-op economy, right, like Uber, Lyft, Airbnb, consumer-level 3D printing, like MakerBot and all the other machines that came to your local brick-and-mortar, faster communication, like Snapchat and other tools, wearable computing, like the Pebble Watch on Kickstarter that was a pretty big success even though they sold out, and automation, Google Nest and Alexa and all the other products that are out there. So some product ideas that come to mind based on these trends, an increase in the use and maybe the drop in price of 3D scanners and tools to aid in digitizing products because people don't really want to bother with 3D modeling their own parts. They just want to get stuff out there. And then what if someone focused on new 3D printer filament types and other accessories so you could make things out of not just plastic, but maybe some complex blend of materials that are maybe a plastic is the binding agent that fuses particulates together. You've got aggregate in concrete where you've got pebbles in concrete. Now you could have plastic holding together bits of metal or other things that get printed. Another idea might be products that help people protect people's privacy while on the internet or ensures that they get proper service despite eroding net neutrality rules. So let's take action. Timing is everything if you're looking at trends. If you don't hop on early, it's almost impossible to catch up. But if you're too early, then you're the Apple Newton and the market may not be ready for your product. I look for changes in technology that have a large impact on the world around us and open the door for new products. I try to read industry journals and listen to news reports. Watch for companies making large investments in research and development in specific fields. Where are the talented people working? So what companies are stealing away talent right now? Amazon, Google, Uber. What type of technologies are those people working on? I'm going to leave a list of sites in the show notes for you to check out. That includes trend publications that monitor trends worldwide, crowdfunding websites, and product blogs that have unique or niche products for specific audiences. There's also ways of checking out trends through social media and by looking at merchants to see what their best-selling products are. So that's really one of the best ways to see where the market is going by looking at trending products on eBay, looking at Amazon bestsellers, looking on Etsy trending items, 
You can even go on AliExpress and look at their popular products. This was an information-packed episode about the top techniques that I use to generate new ideas. As There's definitely a lot more than this, but the bottom line is that you need to practice this every day. And as I mentioned on the Just Start Challenge, and by the way, if you haven't taken that, you can sign up for it on the website under the Resources tab. You need to practice some of this stuff every day. And that means just taking one of these techniques and practicing with it and using that until you get really comfortable with it. And once you start getting results from it, you're going to feel a lot better about it, but it's also going to help train that brain muscle, that creativity muscle that I talked about early on. So the number one thing to remember with all of this is it's not necessarily the tactics. It's staying consistent with the practice and just doing it whenever you have some time. I certainly don't think that people are born creative. I think all of us can help train our creative muscle. And I definitely think it's possible for even people that that claim to have no creativity to start looking at the world differently. So to summarize, the, the top techniques to generate new ideas are to look inward, get out of your head, 635 brainstorming, using the scamper method, using substitution or this for that, and then watching trends. And now, here's a 30-second ad spot from listener Daniel Cole, who's launched a Kickstarter campaign for Beckla Torch. Hi, Philip and the Product Startup listeners. This is Dan from Beckler. We're a startup based in the UK, and I'm excited to tell you about my new product, Beckler Torch. It's a compact, bright LED light that can be used anywhere to light up dark spaces, in handbags, drawers, wardrobes, when you're camping, or even the toilet at night. It has a wide-angled LED beam, four fixing options, and multiple timer settings, giving you the flexibility to suit your needs. We launch on the Kickstarter on the 20th of June, so if you like the sound of Beckler Torch, then please back us. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, Beckler Torch. That's B-E-K-L-A Torch for more info. Thanks, Philip. Keep up the great work. We love it. Thanks, Daniel, for submitting that clip, and good luck to you. I hope you get some great feedback from the product startup audience. For this particular episode, I have an extensive article dedicated to what I talked about here. So if you find the show notes, it'll direct you to the appropriate spot on the site with all the links and resources that you need to take action. I also have a bit of news for the podcast. After thinking about it for a few months, I've made a decision to suspend the podcast. My wife and I are having our second daughter in August, and I have a list of home renovation projects to complete before the sleepless nights begin. And as I mentioned on previous episode, I'm also joining my mom's real estate business before she retires, and I'm still mentoring startups at Station Houston, which is a local startup incubator, and I'm also still working with clients and continuing to manage my Amazon products. So I've got a pretty full plate. I'm still really passionate about product development and encouraging you to get going on your products, and that's why I launched this podcast, and that's also why I'll continue to help where I can in the Product Startup Workshop, which is our private Facebook group. So join the group if you haven't already. And if you're not yet on the email list, make sure you sign up by going to theproductstartup.com and scroll to the footer. I won't be sending as much mail out, but I'll continue to send out news and tips as I run across them. And I'll let you know when I restart the show. So thank you for listening to the show and for giving me your feedback. Good luck on your own product startup. And if you haven't started already, remember that the first step to success is to just start.
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast, the show that teaches you what it really takes to bring your product to market and turn it into a big success. This podcast series is brought to you by Maco Design and Invent, the first firm in North America to provide global caliber end-to-end physical consumer product development to startups, inventors, and small product businesses. If you're looking for product development help on your invention, head over to macodesign.com. That's M-A-K-O design.com for a free consultation from one of Maco Design's four design studios from coast to coast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.